Hey, Blenders, on this week's show, I am headed to Toronto for a quick preview of all the things I'm going to see. And we are also doing our official way too early look at the Oscar race. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, Blenders, and welcome, welcome to episode number 278 of Real Blend, a podcast that is already tired of hearing the phrase frontrunner. On this week's show, I am headed to TIFF, and I will have a quick preview for all of you guys. Three movies that I'm really looking forward to seeing, and three movies that I am severely disappointed that they are not going to be there. Uh, we are also... Because uh, for people who don't know, we started this podcast and it was called Awards Blend back in the Everyone day. Everyone take a shot. That's, we are going to do our That's one of our official. favorite drinking games when we mentioned that we used to be an award show. You take a shot. We're going to do a very, uh, er, a, a very early official uh, look at the Oscar race. And we're going uh, to tell you guys what we think uh, should win as of right now. And then we'll also talk about some other titles that are going to drop as the race continues to, to develop, especially now the fall film festivals are here. So let me quick introduce the boys before we get into this week's episode starting with jake hamilton of fox 32 in chicago hello jacob how are you sir hey buddy how are you i'm good how'd your fantasy football team turn out we're damn good man i'm, I'm i got an a plus draft i've got uh I've got jamar chase i got patrick mahomes i'm feeling feeling real All real right. good feeling All real right. good not too bad my boy brendan went with uh travis kelsey in his no. first round pick yeah he had, he had seven i mean you know yeah but it's just it's just you know as of now because look that that affects me too i don't want to get into the weeds uh but having patrick mahomes you know you want kelsey to be uh to be healthy just hyper extended day one week so Brendan already made a trade offer with somebody no <laughs> no like, what are you doing if anything they'll set him out of the game tomorrow which, if you're listening to this, has already passed. Was that was I, yesterday? I, I drafted Dan Marino and Troy Aikman. Is that are those good? Well, you don't want two quarterbacks yeah. for starters. Unless you're in a two quarterback league. Yeah. yeah. Well, one. What if one gets injured? I, yeah. I also got. I also got Drew Brees and Tom Brady. Oh, you got. <laughs> you got and all four of them. They got Michael Strahan. Right. I, I right. got some really good players this year. Are you yeah. doing a game show uh, draft? Yes. Game yeah, show. It's a morning draft. Strahan's a good one to get. Hey, Sean. Yeah. Yes. If, if you've noticed, a, I don't know, a certain pep in my step this oh. week. Um, I haven't, but there's well, you should have because okay. there's there's something about just being deemed a Spider-Man expert and making oh. sure that everyone in the world knows <laughs> you prick. No one knows about Spider-Man more right. than me. Yeah. And, and if you're not watching <laughs> the over 90 minutes of extras is just Jake talking about his review. <laughs> that's <laughs> the Blu-ray for Spider-Man 2, the Sam Raimi movie, right? That, that's the best Spider-Man ever. Well, uh, Jake says the best Spider-Man film ever made is Across the Spider-Verse. And, Half a movie. Uh, it kills me that I was at a Target and saw a big display with Jake Hamilton's name. Uh, it kills me that you didn't steal it. Yeah. Uh, Jake, why didn't you say the best half Spider-Man movie ever made? All right. Settle down. It's, uh, uh, that's Kevin McCarthy of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. Hello, Kev. How are you, sir? 
Sean, Jacob, Gabriel, uh, also ironically, considering we're doing the awards part of our show and Sean's talking about TIFF. I've said this before on the show, but if you're just tuning in, go back to YouTube. If you want to see the first oh, ever man. unofficial real blend episode where we were uh, at TIFF all together. And I think it was 2014 reviewing gravity. I also want to know, Sean, when we get to that about the ticket master fiasco, because that sounded insane to me uh, just in terms of how they did tickets this year. But I digress. We'll move. We'll move forward and we'll get to that in our and our discussion of TIFF. We definitely will. A quick hello to Gabe Kovach, who's sitting in the producer's chair, as always. Hello, Gabe. How are you doing, oh, sir? Hello, hello. I'm good. I'm great. Good. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, thank you very much for joining us. You got to see Jake's quote on the Spider-Man Blu-ray DVD 4K. Head down, give us a like, a subscribe, hit the comments, let us know what you think about the episode. We're very happy to interact with you guys over at youtube.com backslash podcast. It's so annoying. Uh, of course, we're available all the different places you get your podcast needs met. And if you would like to sign up for Real Blend Premium, it gets you an ad free version of the show. A newsletter this week uh, from me comes every other Friday. So check the description for information on where to sign up. All right. So uh, as Kevin mentioned, I'm the only one going to TIFF this year, which is disappointing because I loved when we all got to go. Uh, some of our best memories are all of us up there doing junket type stuff uh, for TIFF, seeing some crazy films like Joker or um, Jojo Rabbit, stuff like that. I was looking back through like oh, every year around this time. My Facebook memories is always something happening at Toronto. You know what and I'm going to miss? Going to Benny, going to Benny Hanna. There's yeah. a Benny Hanna that we used to go to. It's funny because I'm in, I'm watching The Office for the first time right now. Um, and I literally just watched the Benihana episode. It was like the Christmas episode part one the other night, which is weird because it's TIFF week and I'm, I'm literally watching the uh, this episode. And I'm like, man, I really because there was a <laughs> Benihana in our hotel that we used to stay at. What was it? What was the name of the hotel? The Royal York. The Royal York. The Royal yeah, York and, hotel. and there was a Benihana right in the and, down, and we used to meet there. Didn't all four mm -hmm. of us go at one point? Yeah, we did. Before we, one of the shows. We filled up on Benny Hanna and then we recorded a podcast. <laughs> That's right. Was that the same night as and our had one of the great video? laughs of our life? Yeah. Is that, is that the same night as the famous video? Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. Goes on was. I don't even think we've divulged that it's a video, actually. I'm not no. sure. Have we? No. There you go. That, that will go. That will remain unsaid. Oh, that sounds worse now. <laughs> and unexplained. I also and I can't not remember why, but for some reason we recorded like 30 minutes of the podcast and then had to start over. And we were that was all me. like punch no. drunk, exhausted. Yeah, we were tired. I, we had I'm pretty food. sure. I'm pretty sure I was having a. And this is not a joke. I was having like a genuine like depression episode when I was you up there. You were going through something. Yeah. Yeah. So something was going on. And you can keep this in game. I don't care. But like I, I genuinely like as I talk about depression and anxiety a lot. But sometimes on the show and thankfully these guys understand it. I'll, I'm, I'm in a weird mood or I'm just down. And sometimes it's not even for any particular reason. And I remember I feel bad. I can literally see us still sitting there and having to start over. But yeah. the guys were nice enough to give me a second. We reset. It was all oh, good. But uh, 99 yeah. out of 100 times, we're cool with it. That one time, I think we all wanted to kill you. Yeah, you <laughs> did. It was just so late. It was rightfully so. To, rightfully, to, uh, to, to Kev's credit, though, the show was better for it because because, yeah, yeah, you can feel when the energy's off. And then he, mm -hmm. you know, we restarted and was refreshed and it was a good show. L looking back on that, I would punch myself in the face if I could just like well, enter that moment and say, dude, like just that. chill out, man. Come on. It's <laughs> yes. not that big of a deal. No, All right. Good show. We just had Benny Hanna's. Come on. Everything's good. Oh. It's good. All right. So I want to talk about Tiff because and I think I've mentioned this on this show before. I feel like Tiff got squeezed for some reason in it terms did. of big titles, big anticipated titles from huge directors 
um, who didn't decide to go to Toronto this year um, and then ended up going to Venice. And then no one really knows about Telluride until like a day or two before Telluride. Venice was stacked. Venice was so stacked this year. It really was. Yeah. Um, So let me start there. Let me start with titles that I'm sad are not at Toronto um, because they ended up being at uh, Venice and you heard um, buzz about them and, you know, reactions to them. And one is the maestro. Uh, Bradley Cooper's Maestro came out of Venice with incredible, you know, buzz uh, and and almost all of the critics across the board saying, all right, it's finally time to accept this man as as a, you know, contending director kind of thing, which is silly to say after Star is Born. But I guess you still hedge your bets a little bit that like, oh, was this just a passion project for him? And did he knock it out of the park with Star is Born? Um, but Maestro you know, seems to catapult immediately over the extended nose debate. And now it's just become like, this is a great movie that people want to see. Um, so I was really impressed uh, for him coming out of out of Venice with those reviews. Stars Born was an astounding achievement. And, with that, and I, I don't believe that was lightning in a bottle. This guy has worked with the greatest filmmakers of all time, and he, he knows what he's doing. Um, but that one in particular I'm very excited about. Um, are you are you mentioning Linklater's movie at all in this discussion? I wasn't because, going to, but because okay. that is going to be at Toronto. Uh, OK, and I'm, I wanna, I'm hoping yeah. to get to it. Yeah, that's the one I want to ask you about, because out of all the reviews that have come out of these festivals, Hitman, it's called Hitman, right? Yeah. Um, and, and what is it like? There are three Hitman films this year, The Killer, that and something else. Um, but. From what I'm reading on that, that seems to be the big surprise of Venice. Like and people are saying Glenn Powell for best actor nomination. And I didn't even have that movie on my radar. And I love Richard Linklater, Um, obviously boyhood and all that. And and I want want Sean to get through to his whole tiff breakdown. But that was the one that I was curious if you were going to see or not. But I'm I'm glad that you might be able to. So I'll circle back around to that when I get to the the ones I'm excited for. But the, the two others that I'm sad that are not going to be a tiff are Fincher's the killer and Michael Mann's Ferrari. Um, And the buzz on both of those was good. Not great. Jake, you were even talking about the fact that like lukewarm, the killer reviews were kind of like, it's a little mainstream for Fincher. It's a little bit simple. Fast. I mean, here's what's funny is that the, the reviews themselves only kind of make me want to see the movie more because it basically says it's the sort of movie that Fincher can do in his sleep. Okay. Um, you know, but you know, you got the director of seven, you got the writer of seven teaming up again for a movie about a serial killer. And if it seems easy to Fincher, look, look I haven't loved a Fincher movie since social network, which mm-hmm. so we're now talking about oh, 10 plus years that I haven't loved a film from a director that I love. So if you're talking Benjamin about Button? him going back, Benjamin Button's like 20 years old, dude. Oh, that was after uh, that was before social. Yeah, Benjamin Benjamin Button was what, like 2000. Benjamin Button was 2008. So so 15 years old. Um, So, you know, if you're talking about Fincher going back to a style that, you know, is familiar to him, but it's a style that I love. I'm, I'm, Benjamin I'm Button just doesn't feel it. like that long ago, Kev, because it got younger as we got right, closer right. to it. It's, it's reversing. The no, uh, <laughs> full circle. We've done it. I will say, though, I'm with uh, both Michael Mann and Fincher's movies were two of the ones that I was most interested in seeing this fall. And to Jake's point, to your point, the reviews did seem a little less spectacular than I expected, which is why I brought the Linklater thing, because 
that was the one that kind of seemed more explosive than everybody else's reviews, even more than Fincher and, and man. Mm-hmm. I'm Especially because again, like none of us, like, I don't know about you. I hadn't really heard anything about this movie up till maybe four days ago. I didn't really know Same. this movie existed, which is always why. And I know I say this on an episode in which we're doing, you know, Oscar predictions. I always say, you know, whenever we start talking about the big Oscar movies, I always say, don't forget, there are going to be those three, yeah. four five movies that we don't even know exist. Mm hmm. That are going to sort of come out of the woodwork and just be amazing. And it sounds like this is the first one. And guys, don't forget, we haven't seen Taylor Swift, the Eras tour. (laughs) Which, by the way, my anchor asked me an interesting question. And this this is uh, I'll digress. I'll keep this quick. But someone was asking me if that movie can be nominated for an Oscar. And the rap did a really interesting article about how it could possibly be ineligible because if it's just a series of the show, like just put together, right. I don't think that counts as a documentary. Now, if they put in like behind the scenes footage and she's taking you behind the doors and showing you how things are made, that becomes a documentary. Yeah. Okay. But I think just a streamline. And then this is the rap. And I, 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 I believe it was just kind of a think piece about whether or not that film, because right now the box office, people are saying 100, 150 million dollars opening weekend for the Eras tour movie. I already got tickets. I'm excited for opening night. But I it's an interesting question, because if it is just a streamlined show and I think it was shot in L.A. over what, three or four nights, uh, I don't ha- know that that could be eligible. Hamilton wasn't eligible, right? The Disney Plus. Right. No, because it was right? it, it, it never played in the theater, though, did it? But also, you know, well, we're, we're, I, I'm sorry, show. like like just because Taylor Swift records her concert, even if she does put behind the scenes stuff <laughs> that technically <laughs> makes it a documentary that yeah. doesn't make it like she 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 doesn't get to become an Oscar front runner just because she records. Cords. Doesn't matter. But, you don't think they want her to be a part of the oh, telecast? Yeah. Are you also, kidding me? I, I think if also, that were the case, they would have worked harder to include her short film or her long music video, or whatever it is you want to call it. Right, I, I, right, think, right. I think you have a much more realistic case to include her in that way than just a movie that up until five days ago, we didn't even know existed. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. I, I, I want to get back to uh, man and Fincher real quick. But one thing I do, will say about Taylor Swift, that concert film, I disagree, Jake. I actually think that if it's done well enough and it gives you an immersive, intimate experience and it does take a documentary style behind the scenes, I, I have no problem with see if it's good. Obviously, if it's good, I want it to be great. Um, but it's funny considering with Taylor Swift, I still can't believe that that movie forced a horror film out of October 13th, Friday the 13th. I mean, for people who don't know, The Exorcist was supposed to open October 13th, which is the greatest day ever for an opening of a horror film, Friday the 13th, why not? Um, And Taylor Swift announces her movie opening the same day, so Jason Blum brilliantly uses a Taylor Swift lyric, look what you made me do, and moves it back to October 6th. All right, so enough on Taylor Swift. No, 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 let me add real fast. I I really do think that that movie's going to break Huge, crazy box it, office. It because I, I think almost her fans, Star Wars pre-sales. I think Dude. her fans are going to want to to make us a, a mark. Her fans are also going to want to see it as many times as mm. they can. Yes, right. That's what's right. going to right. be insane. And so I could see them pushing that movie until it. I don't know if it's. I'm going to say crosses Barbie, but like Dude. I can see them setting a goal and then just keep going back I mean, until it does. Her, her tour is, uh, you know, adjusting the the local economy of the cities that she goes into, right. like, the, like yeah. the Super Bowl does every right. city. I think it's going to be good for the industry. It's great for the industry. And go ahead, Jake. You had another point as well. Yeah, I just want to. I wanted to ask a big question that that hopefully we can answer in a truncated way. What does the release of this Taylor Swift movie say about the studio system? Because yeah, they, I saw this they article. circumvented yeah. 
mm-hmm. every major studio went directly to the uh, to the, the theater chain and are they are going to make bank off of this. All the theaters are going to make a, a bigger chunk of change per ticket because they don't have to give anything to any particular studio. And granted, mm-hmm. obviously, this is a special case because Taylor Swift comes with her a certain uh, fan, built in fan base. But yeah. I mean, all they just proved that every major, uh, you know, filmmaker right now is is sitting there going, do I need to go to Warner Brothers? Do I need to go to Universal? If I can pay for this myself, what's to stop me from going to a theater chain and just making a bigger chunk of change from it? Mm. That's actually it it is an interesting point. And I think it points to something, a conversation that Sean had with someone from, I believe, someone from the uh, National Association, National Association of Theater Owners, NATO, Mm -hmm. um, where you guys were discussing theater, the theatrical model shifting to a point where it's not just relying on, on Hollywood studio system films. And it's, right. mm-hmm. we're going to show the Olympics and sell tickets to it. We're going to show sport, you know, other sporting events and show tickets to it. We're going to do Video live, games. live television, you know, things and, and show and, and sell tickets to it. And, and this very much feels like a fathom events type thing, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. is owned by the theaters, right? Like that's not through, I think a studio, I think the, the theater like, like Coraline has made like another $10 million because of fathom events because of its right. release really? over wow. the past few weeks. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so I, I think yeah. it's a, it's a good point and you do make it you, also, I think sort of conditioning that with it's Taylor Swift. Uh, sure. Sure. Um, but I do think it's more of, I think it, less of, of, of anything to do with the studios and more, Hey, there is a lot of opportunity for putting together a place for people to come together and watch something. Well, it's a little bit, Kevin Smith kind of does it. Kevin Smith has yeah, that yeah, model. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. a great example. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know who could, what would be insane is if Tarantino for his final yeah. movie just said, I'm going to release it, you know, amongst my own strategy and just clean up. The way that he'd now, like what what theater chain wouldn't carry it? It, it? It's interesting because, listen, at the end of the day, I don't think any of us on this show are mad about it. This is great for the industry. This is sure. a, this is a huge thing, uh, regardless of how it was done. You know, this is bringing people to the theaters. They're going to be spending money at the theaters, like you guys said, multiple times. Also, I, I want to say something about Taylor Swift. She's a cinema person. She yeah. loves cinema. She shot her short film on 35. Mm-hmm. So like she's all she understands the the uh the theatrical experience because she could have gone right to a streamer for this true right yeah sold, sold it for 150 200 million dollars to like netflix or whatever they would have bought it instantly yep. but she she knows she knows what she's doing she's super smart so talented i love her all right so of the uh back to tiff just for a second um because the three titles that i'm most looking forward to and and hitman is <laughs> is definitely one of them but i didn't include it in these three but i i hope to get the t- to hitman Tiff is doing this thing where they do this kind of every year where the Monday and Tuesday after the opening weekend are packed with things mm-hmm. that um, and it's Tiff's way of kind of like getting back at the films that played other festivals. Um, they <laughs> stockpile them all like the 830 a.m. on Monday. There's like four movies that are like really worthy of seeing. Um, but I managed to snag a ticket to Anatomy of a Fall. Oh, I'm Oops. dying to oh. see that. Oh, that's getting a lot of buzz right now. Yeah. Apparently, it's a three-hour French courtroom thriller um, where a woman who's a, a writer is um, accused of potentially murdering her husband after he falls. And um, uh, Josh Horowitz, friend of the show, uh, said it's three hours, feels like 90 minutes, um, said it zips right by. So that's the first movie I'm seeing Who on directed Thursday. that? I do not know. Uh, uh, French Just- director. Justine... Uh, Triet, I believe is how you pronounce it. Mm. Okay. Wow. Um, so I'll let you guys know how that is. Uh, I have circled a movie called Pool Man. 
that Chris Pine is directing and starring in. Yes, I heard. About, I heard this was amazing. I heard, yeah, this. Yeah, this. Uh, can he do press as a director and not an actor if he's in it? I don't think so. I think it falls under the Bradley Cooper deal. Like Bradley Cooper can't do maestro press. Although as we get closer and closer to these things, more and more people are getting like these excuses. Emma Stone was in Telluride. Uh, to do press for poor things and she but is it because is that. it because poor things is part of a studio that's already agreed to uh like like, like adam Maybe. driver is at venice because neon mm-hmm. has already agreed to neon the sag after it. deal so they're oh you know, and, and, A24? And, a, and a24 has already agreed to the interim okay. deal so you know that's which is really why honestly i think that's going to be I think that's what's going to solve the not solve, but I feel like that's what's going to get us to where we need to be for the actors and the writer strikes. I don't think it's going to be one big blanket. Okay, we're there. I think one by one studios are going to start agreeing to the deal. And then the other studios are going to look around and go, well, because keep in mind, AMC networks agree to an interim deal and they have three series that are now allowed to resume filming. Um, You know, a 24 neon, their films are able to get out there and and do the, the junket circuit and do the, the award circuit. And I think other studios are going to look around and go, well, damn, like, they're they're able to get like we're being left behind you know um i think i think it's going to start being a domino effect right now i think these are the the, the tiny dominoes that are falling over but you know tiny dominoes hit a bigger domino and i think one by one we're going to start seeing the other studios hopefully the other other studios cave so pool man let me just tell you really fast uh chris pine stars as a pool cleaner uh with ocd who uh stumbles on a mystery involving the water supply in Los Angeles. And it's quote unquote, the big Lebowski meets Chinatown. Oh, so yes. Wow. <laughs> yes, please. Um, and then I circled this movie in addition to, you know, like the holdovers is going to be there. And I've actually heard really good things about that with Paul Giamatti and um, Alexander Payne. Alexander yeah. Payne back to back to form. Um, but, but there's a movie called The Hell of a Summer um, with Finn Wolfhard uh, and someone named Billy Brick who are co-directing it. And Finn Wolfhard stars in it. And it's essentially camp counselors uh who are being stalked by a masked serial killer and it just sounds like fun (laughs) so uh, i i'm looking forward to that one and uh i i will soon be able to tell you guys about another uh ingenious serial killer movie that's going to be coming out this fall oh your text about that this morning got me so excited I'm under embargo for it, so I can't describe it yet. But there's a a great, 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 great slasher film coming uh, that we'll be able to tease. So so that's Tiff. I will report back when we are um, uh, through with it or or pay attention to my socials. And I will um, let you guys know what I'm seeing as I'm seeing it. And all of my coverage will go to cinemablend.com. Let's get into our... Uh, it's too early to talk about the Oscars uh, and and we're going to what we're going to do here is go category by category. Talk about the things um, that we have seen and that we think would win, like what would get our vote right now, fully acknowledging that there's still so many things to come. And a majority and, of the things that could likely change our mind are yet to come. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, So we'll start with best supporting actor. And I'll let you guys know that we gave our picks ahead of time. And right now we have in best supporting actor the two names that are vying for it. Ryan Gosling uh, for Barbie and Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer. Truthfully, I'd be stunned if if either of those two was left out of the category at this point. I think those are safe bets. Um, Mine in particular would be Robert Downey Jr., 
for that one. I just think that he um, gives such an incredible performance that sort of betrays his movie stardom. Uh, he does something I think is really difficult for him to do, which is disappear into a character. Um, his is the arc that is, I'm not going to say the most important, but it's one of the ones that threads the whole movie together uh, and how his reaction to Oppenheimer is uh, first the in a, in a, I want to get you involved in uh, this Princeton program and then to a competitive nature. And it's uh, him getting his comeuppance that I think is one of the most satisfying things of the third act. So um, it's a complete, complete performance that I would love to see Downey recognized for. Jake, I know you were leaning towards Gosling, though. Do you think comedy is going to cut through? Uh, you know, I think that's good. I mean, you have to keep in mind the the supporting category, particularly for comedy, is usually where comedy ends up being rewarded. You know, you look at, you know, Downey got a nomination and supporting actor for Tropic Thunder and Melissa yeah. McCarthy got a supporting actress for Bridesmaids. Um, so I think he's definitely due for a a, a nomination. But I got to be honest with you, the, the more and more I think about what Gosling did with that role in particular, mm-hmm. it's it's f- far more than than any of us ever expected it to be uh i it honestly at this point might be my favorite performance so far this year i I just thought he was astonishing but you know i gotta say what i love most about the supporting actor category is that it's often a category where we see uh some old school great actors who haven't been recognized really get uh their recognition um i'm really excited and you know i'm I'm hearing a lot about uh de niro obviously he's won two before but i'm hearing a lot about de niro for uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. Mm-hmm. But I'm also hearing a lot about, look, I would love to live in a world where Willem Dafoe has an Academy Award. And I'm hearing that his performance in the Yorgos Lanthimos movie, uh, Poor Things, uh, Poor Things yeah. is phenomenal. And that feels like supporting actor and Willem Dafoe, like, that feels like the kind of category where I could see Willem Dafoe finally getting his Oscar. And I, <laughs> I feel like, you, you know, you really you start ramping up the, I mean, I don't know if you guys remember when Jeff Bridges was making the run for best actor for um, crazy, crazy hard, crazy hard, crazy hard. Yeah. Yeah. They specifically put in the trailer four time Academy Award nominee as if to remind people he hasn't won yet. Okay, And I feel like that's what you got to do with Willem Dafoe is really reinforce. Look, we've nominated him a bunch of times. It's time to give this man an Oscar. So I'm hearing both Willem Dafoe and Mark Ruffalo for poor things could be a serious contender. And so I think that could be maybe be this year's um, uh, in a Sharon where you get you get the two supporting actor uh, uh, nominees in there. Uh, Ruffalo, another actor who, you know, you could make the argument is overdue by now. Sure. But, I've heard, uh, I've heard it, poor it could be a stack. Poor Things is supposed to be the, the family event of the year, right? Poor Things? <laughs> Weirdly <laughs> enough, I, I, I have heard that it is, is a fairly accessible movie. So I don't know. I, 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 always, I always love, I always love the supporting categories because I feel like that's where the Academy allows himself to, to get a little nuts and get a little creative. Uh, case in point being Gosling in there for, for Barbie. All right, let's transition over to supporting actress, of which we're going to have another Oppenheimer candidate. This time it's Emily Blunt, although I think you could probably also make an argument for Florence Pugh to potentially be in there. Um, And another Barbie actor uh, is showing face with America Ferrara uh, and her incredible monologue. And sometimes Mm. that's all it takes, Uh, but also a really strong performance throughout the course of Barbie, Um, especially once you realize spoilers, um, what her impact is on Margot Robbie's character and the story in general. She becomes way more important to the story than you think uh, off the get go. Terrific performance. She's also in Dumb Money uh, and is Mm. really, really good in Dumb Money as well, too. So I can see her getting a nomination for maybe just the two of them going forward. Um, But this is another category that I feel is going to change a lot. And um, Jake, when you talk about Lily Gladstone, did you say she's going to be in supporting? 
Yeah, she'll be in supporting. And I got to be honest, ever since Killers of the Flower Moon hit at Cannes earlier this year, I mean, we're talking about a movie that stars Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro. And Lily Gladstone is the name that I heard the most out of people yeah. walking away going, that's that's her movie. So for a new up and coming actor to steal a Scorsese movie away from DiCaprio and De Niro. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know. So everything I've heard right now says that she is the the name to beat. But, you know, one one name that I I, I don't want us to sleep on because I have a feeling this movie is going to make a a push come into the year is uh, Viola Davis in air. OK, I, I think that could really be uh, a performance that that is one of those. Hey, don't forget that you loved this earlier this year kind mm-hmm. of kind of performances. And, uh, you know, that was you know, I, I think that was however it is you feel about that movie. Uh, that Damon. was sort of the universally agreed. Uh, yeah. D- yeah. Damon. But, uh, but Viola Davis, I think, was universally the agreed upon like she she is arguably the best part of of air. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's um, her movie that that movie centers around her and her decision and her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the she's the glue of that film. So in addition to so if Emily Blunt gets nominated, I wouldn't be surprised if she got nominated. Do you think Kev, as the Oppenheimer expert, could could Blunt <laughs> and Florence Pugh both get in? I don't think Pugh gets in. Um, okay. And I think and listen, I, I love Florence Pugh in the film. Uh, it's it's a very small role. And we, I know we've seen smaller roles get nominated. Uh, sure. Was it American, American Gangster? Um, who is the actress who was nominated? She was in the movie for like a couple minutes. Or was Ruby it Judy? De- yeah. And then Judy Dench had oh, a small right. role sure, that she got nominated for. Yeah, Shakespeare. But usually, um, usually the small roles are the big punch. But I feel like Pugh doesn't true. have like a big yeah. punch scene. It's blunt, yeah. though. It's, it's, like, it's like William yeah. Hurt in The History of Violence, where like yeah. you have like that one scene. Yes. But like, oh, my God, they were amazing or in that scene one terrific. scene. Or yeah. Judd, Judd uh, from um, Judd Hirsch. Fable, Fablemans. Yeah, yeah. Judd Hirsch. Right. right. He didn't get nominated, I don't believe. Yeah, he did. He uh, got nominated. Oh, he did. I'm sorry. He did yeah. get nominated. That's going to end up becoming one of the most competitive uh, categories yes. because Usually is. Yeah. Lily Gladstone, who we discussed, um, I hear I'm hearing a ton about uh, Divine Joy Randolph, who is in the holdovers, um, who is apparently terrific in that. And I think the color purple is going to come in like a like a bat out of hell. Oh, yeah. And I think the color purple is going to have Danielle Brooks and Taraji P. Henson um, and maybe Holly Bailey. Uh, and there's just going to be some incredible performances. Hallie Hall, Bailey. Just Holly Bailey. Hallie. 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 You got it. Um, <laughs> they are going to if that movie hits the way that it could potentially hit. I mean, I think that movie is going to be a force to be reckoned with. So how, um, how have you been pronouncing Halle Berry for the last 30 years? That's my question. Holly. Holly Halle, Berry. Halle Berry. It's the same name. Holly Berry. Nope. Hey, Halle Bailey. Halle, Halle Berry. Halle. Hallie. Yeah. Like Hal from 2001. Right. With Y at the end of it. You say so. <laughs> okay. I'll take people your word are for also, it. People are also saying Rosamund Pike for Saltburn. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Which, interesting. Um, that's, that's Emerald Fennel's film. Emerald Fennel's. And that's, yeah. that's yeah. a performance I'm hearing in a, in a different way, but almost like Gosling, where it's going to have to prove that the Academy has a sense of humor if they nominate that. And okay. again, yeah. that, which is the sort of thing that happens oh. in the supporting categories. And I'm also hearing Jodie Comer for the bike riders. Um, mm. And I know she's in Napoleon yeah. also, but I think um, her performance in the bike riders would qu- qualify as a supporting yeah. actor. Did you guys watch that trailer? Did you watch a trailer today? No. Did it drop? Yeah, it dropped. Yeah. Looks like uh, looks like Goodfellas on a bike. Oh, <laughs> 
Okay. And, uh, Which is not a bad thing. It just looks like Goodfellas on a bike. So I'll that's take a, that. Sh- it's a great shameless, pitch meeting. Sh- shameless plug. Uh, listen to our Emerald Fennell interview for Promise Young Woman yes. that we did a couple years back. So she go was back terrific. and find that. Yeah. All right. Before we get to the bigger categories, let's throw it to a really quick break. We'll be back on the other side with actor, actress, director, and picture. This episode of Real Blend is brought to you by Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile squad RPG that allows you to battle with your favorite team of superheroes and supervillains in a fight to save the universe against threats like Doctor Doom and Apocalypse. Power up your favorite characters and build a team to complete missions, unlock gear and other resources, and even challenge other players in PvP modes such as Alliance War and Arena. New ways to battle with your roster are released regularly and the meta is constantly evolving. And now you can sign on for Marvel Strike Force's new Deadpool Anniversary event in order to receive a generous gift containing character shards, an anniversary diamond orb, gear, and other great items. Better yet, each week during the Deadpool anniversary, players can complete events and receive even more special rewards and skins. If you want to get in on all the fun of Marvel Strike Force, be sure to use our promo code MAXPOOL, that's M-A-X-P-O-O-L, and thank you to Marvel Strike Force for supporting the show. Okay, we're back and we are going to go right into Best Actor, of which we unanimously believe that Killian Murphy is going to get nominated for Oppenheimer. Seems like the front one, the front runner uh, at the moment. But again, a ton of amazing performances still to come. Um, And I will rattle off uh, Joaquin Phoenix uh, in Napoleon. I will rattle off uh, Adam Driver in Ferrari, who got a lot of attention. We're going to have Leonardo DiCaprio in Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't think uh, Fassbender is going to get in. It doesn't sound like it at this point. But I want to bring up a controversial one. And I want you guys to tell me what you think about Jonathan Majors in a movie called Magazine Dreams, which came out of Sundance uh, with a ton of buzz. And obviously that was before Jonathan Majors went through a series of um, really difficult stories. Things have been very quiet on that story, and I don't really know what's happening. He just got a new uh, court date today. Did he really? Okay. Do you think that that movie gets released? I think the studio is likely going to wait um, until everything kind of gets settled or or resolved one way or another. Um, You know, a chance they bury it. I don't know about bury it. I think they maybe they want to wait and, you know, sort of see what happens one way or another one. Well, there, there's a lot of reasons why, because it's striking right now as well. But like he can't play the game. Yeah. And if they if they think that on the other side of this trial that everything's going to be fine and his reputation will be uh, put back together, then you I mean, what's what's the harm in holding it a year? If they if they really look at this performance and think this could win an Academy Award. He, he can't promote it because of the strike. But even if sure. he could, he can't make the rounds without every single person bringing up probably things he doesn't want to talk about right now. Sure. So sure. I, th- I think I, I don't even think we see that film this year. And I want to base it solely on what I'm hearing about his performance. Of, of course. Of course. And and they are comparing it to Taxi Driver in the world of of bodybuilding, essentially, sure. like that. He's a Travis Bickle type character mm-hmm. and that you know across the board his the recognition for his performance seemed to be off the charts sure. they moved it from sundance to december to put it right in the heart of you know awards contention and so i i 
had actually forgotten all about that title until I was looking ahead, doing some research for this segment. And then I was like, oh, my God, that's right. Jonathan Majors is in that performance. And I wonder what's going to happen with that. Um, Of all those ones I mentioned, I'm going to bring up Giamatti um, because when I watched the trailer for the holdovers, I felt like this feels like lesser uh, Alexander Payne. Like it felt a little predictable. It felt like a trailer that was showing me everything that's happening. You know, I like I feel like I saw, I saw it all. Um, but I have to be reminded that this is the guy who made election mm-hmm. uh, and this is the guy who made sideways. And the reviews out of Venice seem to say that, like, the more you start to learn about these three main characters, the more you get extremely invested in their journey. Uh, I think Giamatti's a tremendous actor, and so I uh, I'm starting been to feel given like the the role. I, I know he's he's working. I know he's been on Billions for like a decade now. Um, right. But I feel like in the early 2000s, G- Giamatti like was looked like to be our next great actor. Not saying he's not, but I feel like the past ten years he hasn't been given the roles that he deserves. I feel like he's better than the work he's been given over the last ten years. Have right. you all seen Private Parts? That's a long, <laughs> long stretch. Can, can I throw another another name out there that I'm hearing? Yeah, I'm hearing uh, Coleman Domingo a lot Coleman for, Domingo. Uh, for, for Rustin, for Rustin, Rustin. Um, which is a story of uh, a person who was deeply involved with the civil rights movement, whose mm-hmm. story we really haven't heard much about. Um, he put and, together yeah, the March on Washington, I believe. Yeah, 1963. And, and, you know, Coleman mm-hmm. Domingo, I think, is one of those actors that people who are in the industry and people who follow this world as closely as we do have been championing his work for for years now. And I think this could be the role that sort of puts him on the map and, and finally allows him to sort of break through. I mean, if you've, if you've seen his work, uh, you know, it, whether it be Euphoria or, or, or in any of his you know, Selma, uh, yeah, Zora or no, Zola, 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 Zola. He was phenomenal. Oh, wow. When he yes. That he was turn, so you know, good in that, that movie. Zola. Um, that scene you know, I, in Zola when he turns around in the car yeah. and 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 just completely changes. <laughs> so terrifying. So I want to bring up the Coleman Domingo has this movie called Rustin that everybody's talking about, right? Mm-hmm. But there's another film that he's in in Toronto that sounds incredibly intriguing. It's called Sing Sing. Have you guys heard about this at all? Mm-hmm. It's set in Sing Sing prison. But it's a theatrical program that casts incarcerated um, prisoners in a musical. And he's like the lead in it kind of thing. And it's about how these prisoners are using the play to escape their, you know, the horrors of their day to day kind of thing. Um, And I think putting him in that that role sounds really fascinating to me. And I don't know why that maybe just because people haven't seen it yet. But right now, that's not getting the type of buzz that Rustin is getting. And I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out of the festival season with two titles that people are really excited to to see him in. So I want to throw out um, Teo Yu real quick, because um, if people who haven't seen past lives like he's absolutely brilliant in this film. And I know that we're going to touch on this when we get to actress with Greta Lee. But I uh, just want to you know throw his name out there because I think it's one of the best performances of the year. Um, it's one of the best films of the year. It's my number two of the year. Um, but that one in, in particular, uh, Teo Yu, I want to bring him up. And then the color purple, we got to mention as well. Coleman um, Domingo's in color purple also. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, big yeah. And so is Corey Hawkins. And yes. I think Corey, Corey Hawkins 
is one of our best, one of our great actors right now. Obviously, straight out of Compton, he was Dr. Dre um, recently in The Last Voyage of the Demeter. But Demeter, yeah. Um, he's from D.C., went to Duke Ellington here in the area. He's a really talented actor. Um, that film's going to be huge, obviously. Um, we'll probably discuss Fantasia when we get into our actress category as well. But does yeah, Damon think- get in for air? I mean, listen, for actor, yeah. For actor. I don't know. I mean, and also don't forget, fact. I feel like a name, and forgive me if we've said it already, like, I, in terms of the actors vying oh, for... Leo? Well, I was going to say Bradley Cooper. Oh, yeah, jeez, right. Like, okay. yeah, like, I mean, what is the, the dude's been nominated eight or nine times. Like, there are, there are a few actors right now who could make the argument, and, and that could be the, you know, Academy of Love's, uh, you know, whenever a, a, a dude could be nominated multiple times, sort of going like, OK, here's here's the award we're going to give you tonight. Like famously, George, when George Clooney won supporting actor. Yeah. He whenever he accepted, the first thing he said was, well, I guess I'm not winning director later. Um, the, you know, the like, best actor could be the award that they give him. Mm-hmm. The the Damon thing is interesting, though. Do you think he would want to campaign against Killian? No, I, I think Damon has like a better I, shot at supporting for Oppenheimer than he does with air. I think oh. Oppenheimer has a lot more. um light on it in terms of like people were people like he I think people are talking more about Damon in that role than they are in air. I mean, it's I mean, in terms yeah. of box office, obviously, but listen, I the, think, yeah, I mean, do oh, you think that like, you know, if you're da- let's say hypothetically you're Damon and you get nominated for air, you have to know you're not going to win. Like, is it just sort of a like, look, I'm going to show up. I'm going to have a great time at the party. I'm going to get yeah. a little tipsy. I don't have to worry about making a speech. Has he been nominated? And yeah. Oh yeah, many times uh, he was nominated. He for, only won for Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, yeah, he won for writing Goodwill Hunting, but he was nominated. <laughs> no, 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 no. Acting, acting. Yeah, acting. for, for uh, I, the Martian, he was nominated for Best Actor yeah, for the Martian. He was, yeah. I know, I know him and Affleck won writing for Goodwill. And Hunting. then he was, was nominated just... for supporting actor for, for. Wait, did he get a supporting actor nomination for Goodwill Hunting? Was he up against uh, Robin Williams? Mm, Wouldn't he be no. lead? I don't He's not lead. So. No. Oh, maybe he got lead. That's it. He got lead actor. Okay. You know what he would say once they stood up and started cheering for Killian Murphy? Applesauce? Like Denzel, he'd say, I'm going to go get the coats. I'm going to go get the coats. That's, that's seriously one of my favorite stories ever. <laughs> that's great. Um, I'm leaving yeah. here with something. Yeah. There's, an, there's another name I want to throw out in the acting category before we move on. And again, I don't know anything about this. I'm just reading this right now. So Anthony Hopkins and Freud's last session. They're saying uh, Gold Derby oh. saying that's a leading that's a leading contender. I don't know anything about that film. I'm not sure if it's going to be count out Hopkins. Um, but Hopkins that, also it, has a movie in Toronto called One Life, where he is a hmm. it takes place during World War Two. And he is somebody who saves um, a number of Jewish children during an attack. Don't you think it's amazing? Like while we're talking about Hopkins, Hopkins never really had that like embarrassing period of his career that, you know, like, you know, De Niro doing some silly, like, you know, grandpa. Grandpa movies or Dirty like grandpa. Pacino doing like, so, you know, these, you know, like really hey, bad, I, like, like Hopkins never really had, well, not even, not even necessarily Jack and Jill. Cause I actually think that that whole Dunkin' Donuts Dunkin thing Gino. is brilliant. Um, Cause people take that scene out of context and, and, and ruin it. But like it's Hopkins so. never really had that role. We were like, Oh, I can't believe Hopkins did that. Like, am I missing right. something? Um, no, um, I mean, he, I mean he, went, like, he went back to the well with Hannibal a few times, but all, I think all three of his oh, Hannibal films are good. He, he did. He did Transformers five or something like that. Oh, and that okay. was bad. And then he also did. Um, he was, was in it? the red movies. He was in red and Those red. Too, I think. But yeah, but I see he was having fun with. And I guess. Well, I guess it well, He was just never bad. Even in the Transformers movie, he was never bad. I guess I guess like like Hopkins not trying is still better than most actors <laughs> trying. 
He'll yeah. tell you he wasn't trying in the Thor movies, I guess. I liked him in Thor. He's really I do. good I in like Thor. him in Thor also, yeah. yeah. Underrated, underrated Hopkins film, Fracture. Oh, yeah. Love terrific. Ryan yeah. Gosling. Oh, yeah. good. It's terrific. Yeah, yeah. it's really good. Yeah. All right, let's go to actress, because this is going to be another um, incredibly stacked category. Mm. Uh, I want to mention the two off the bat. I want to give you guys a chance to talk about. Uh, Greta Lee for past lives. And then I want to talk about Tayana Taylor before we move mm. on to uh, performances that we haven't seen yet. So uh, tell us about past lives and tell us about the performances in that one. Yeah, I'll I mean, be quick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Jake. Well, like I said, Greta Lee is, is who I would vote for right now for best actress. Yeah. Um, I mean, past lives is a, a stone cold masterpiece of a film. Um, yeah. You know, really probably a solid lock to make my top five of this year. Uh, mm. You know, nothing uh, there. There are a few more affecting performances. Uh, unfortunately, I just, I, I really worry. I really worry that Greta Lee is going to get pushed out. I, I just, it's, I think it's just one of those movies that it's really going to take people um, putting the DVD in the player or, or press and play on the screener. You know, it's one of those movies that everyone loves when they see it. But it's I, I worry that it's going to get lost in the mix uh, of all the screeners that are going to start flooding out our way soon. The, I think that the best thing it could do is maybe be, you know, you know how there's always like that first screener out the gate that we all get. Mm-hmm. I think I think if the studio is smart, is at 24, they'll go ahead and just start pushing it out. But I really worry that, that Greta Lee could be like everyone's like fifth, sixth choice. And I just worry that she's going to get lost. So if you haven't seen Past Lives and you are in any way a, a voting member of anybody, uh, please go see Past Lives and rent it or buy it or do whatever you got to do to watch it. And uh, and please vote for Greta Lee because she's phenomenal. Yeah. And this is a show that I think we, we do this show because we want to highlight maybe performances or movies that aren't that maybe fly under the radar because I think past lives made like 10 million at the box office and then it went to, to VOD. And I think I, I'm pretty sure it's doing decent numbers, but it's it's a performance of a lifetime. Like it's genuinely one of the best films I've ever seen. Um, and it's a first time filmmaker. And I think Greta's performance is genius. And it's, it's just the way she captures it. The it's really what's not said is what's really so powerful about the film and her facial expressions. So I'm just the look on her face, like during these emotional scenes is incredible. Um, so that's, that's definitely the person that I would vote for at the moment, but obviously we have a lot of, other performances people were talking about. I think one of the big ones right now is Emma Stone out of um, for poor things. And that's obviously you know, just... she, she's she's recolla- uh, reconnecting with um, Yorgos uh, after they did the favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, so Emma has what two Oscars? She has La La Land. She, has, she just won Oscar. She has won. But she was nominated twice, right? Yeah. Am I wrong? She was, on that? Okay. She was nominated, nominated for the favorite. Uh, the favorite and the favorite Birdman, yeah. right? Did yeah. she get nominated for Birdman? Yeah, she did. Okay. Oh, wow. OK, so I wanted to bring this up to you guys because I'm on I'm on Variety's website. They have Margot Robbie listed in top I, five. I think, I, think Margot gets in for, I think Margot gets in for actress for Barbie. Do you do think that, so what's interesting about too. this is, is don't you feel like and again, so I love Margot Robbie, obviously, and I love her in Barbie. She's amazing. Um, obviously, I think Babylon was the one that I, I really, really wish people took a little more seriously because her performance that's, is amazing. That's a movie that people are going to uh, it's discover a masterpiece. in the coming years. And shameless plug, listen to our Damien Chazelle interview for Babylon because he was great. Um, but I do find, though, that everyone leaves Barbie not really talking about Margot. Everyone talks about Ryan, America, yeah. um, the songs. Greta. And, I, and <laughs> Greta. And I think maybe because, and again, this goes back to our underrated argument, maybe Margot's just, they, you know, she's so good in the film, we just take her for granted. Um, and I think there are so many scenes where she is 
amazing. And which is why I was happy to see her on this list that Variety had, because I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about Barbie herself. Why are it's we talking about she's Margot the Robbie? lead character, but she's the glue holding a lot of stuff oh, yeah. together. in that right. movie. But, but she's not being talked about enough as the actor in that film. I, sure. I feel like people it's it, it's been so heavy on Gosling in America, which is totally fine. I've just I just found it fascinating that the leading character, the leading title character, the star of the movie hasn't been pushed a lot in terms of like her performance. She's outstanding in that film. I mean, again, I think she gets in. I think she gets in. Yeah. And also, would that make would she be a double nominee? Would she be one of the producer nominees on uh, it was nominated for Best Picture? Absolutely. Yeah. She would be producer. She'd be actress. Yeah. Yeah. And Um, then obviously Gretel gets script. Have you guys read about whether or not Barbie may switch to original screenplay? Because right now it's adapted technically because it's IP, I guess. It should, Even though, it should be original. Which is weird. It should be original. It's, it, it, it's definitely an original screenplay. Yeah. But for some reason, I believe it's being considered adapted. But I think huh. Warner Brothers is trying to flip that. I could be wrong. I just remember when that movie first came out, everyone was like, oh, yeah, it's going to be an adapted screenplay. Because <laughs> Nolan... Nolan's screenplay is adapted, obviously sure. Oppenheimer. It's so, a book. yeah. If if you put, but I, I'm curious I, if I if I'm Warner Brothers and I'm Greta and I'm the Academy, that's an original screenplay. Barbie's yeah. not like 100%. it's based on the 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 the, the concept yeah. of Barbie, but it's written. It's a completely original yeah. screenplay. Um, yeah. I'm hearing Carrie Mulligan is could be the, the, the performance exactly to be. who I was just going to yeah. say is Carrie Mulligan sounds like yep. she is coming out of and again, my that's, show. A, that's another actress who you could really make this solid argument like should have won by well, now. And let me also throw out I, I've only just now heard about this May December movie. Yes. Yeah. Natalie Portman and Julianne Moore in a Todd Field movie. Netflix. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Again, yeah. that's what I'm saying. I'm like listening. in September, there are so many things. Like not not even just movies we haven't seen. There are so many movies we haven't even heard of yet. I, I'm hearing that uh, there's a movie coming out with Jodie Foster where yeah. she is like she's rumored to get her her fifth career nomination. Like, well, you know what's interesting too? Like we're getting these instances where um, who was the guy who directed Mads Mikkelsen? In that movie, oh, and he got into the yeah. director race. Yes, I, that and was so strange. These, yeah, I remember that. Sometimes these movies catch on, and you're like, yeah. like a force, yeah. ma- force majeure, um, the original one, not the Will Ferrell one that they made with Julia Louis Dreyfus. Um, like that got into the conversation as well too. And so some of these ones are breaking through, which I think is really terrific. Um, I think actress and director are the two categories that are going to frustrate us the most because of who wasn't able to make the list where there were right, just so too many great uh, contenders and uh, not enough slots. Let's go to director then, um, because we all unanimously believe that Nolan is going to get in. I think that's mm-hmm. a no brainer. I actually do think that I think this is the year he's going to win. Yeah, I think it's his yeah. year. Yeah, um, because and the other contenders it. that feel like they're going to be coming up after him um, are Scorsese. Maybe Ridley. Yorgos Lanthimos. Yorgos probably. I I don't don't think Ridley gets it. I don't feel like the Academy has an affinity for for Ridley in the way that that we do or in the way that that film fans. I mean, keep in mind, they gave Gladiator Best Picture but denied him Best Director. Like, I I don't think that they are as enamored. And and they didn't give him even a director nomination for The Martian. They are, yeah. you know, he had he had two big movies. Uh, what was it? Two years ago, House um, of Gucci, La- Last Duel, and House of Gucci, and okay, neither, neither of them made a splash. Um, okay, so let, let's do the five. Okay, Greta. I was going to say Greta. Yeah, I think so, Greta gets in. So Nolan gets in. We said um, Scorsese. Greta. Scorsese. Yeah, Scorsese. Greta. I think Bradley Cooper. 
about Yorgos? Uh, Yorgos. That's your five. Yeah. What, That's okay. Five. So Ale- Alexander Payne. Michael Mann. Michael. Okay. I don't think I don't think Mann gets in. Uh, Ferrari hasn't been hasn't didn't didn't burst out of Venice like it needed to. So I, so, I don't think Mann gets in. Celine Song dude, needs to be acknowledged yeah. and recognized. Oh, for this director of Anatomy of a Fall. This director for yeah, Anatomy of a Fall. I get that's what I'm saying. And, and again, and, and now we have we, we haven't even talked about these movies that like we don't even know what they're going to be. You know, uh, what's the zone of interest? Like, so uh, I'm again, Jonathan Glazer. Yeah, I'm using variety here. There are five are Nolan, Scorsese, Yorgos, Greta, and Jonathan Glazer. I don't okay. know the zone of interest. This is an A24 film. And I think what's interesting about this, and I think about A24, because A24 won Best Picture last year, right? With everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. You know, what you, you usually find a film and then you use that as your as your Oscar film to promote. And I think past lives. I would love to see that get a push, but it's, I don't know anything about the zone of interest, but it I mean, sounds I really comp. It sounds difficult. It sounds like it takes yeah. place at the end of world war two and Nazis continue to live in the camps. Do we um, know Jonathan Glazer? Do we know Jonathan Glazer did under her skin? Um, oh, with, with um, uh, under, under the skin Johansson. with uh, Sal Johansson. That's a great yeah. movie. I didn't and know he, he did, did that. Okay. He did another big one right before that. He's one of these directors that like he acts, he does a dr- oh. film every four or five years. Sexy so when beast. he does one, yeah, you kind of sit up and pay attention. And this one's been playing. It played in Venice and it got really good reviews. But so again, the director category seems pretty stacked. There are going to be um, a lot of uh, great uh, directorial efforts that uh, don't end up. I mean, you know, I could honestly, I could see like, I could see Bradley Cooper going the way of, of like a uh, Ben Affleck for Argo and not getting nominated. Yeah. You know, I guess right. it win picture because of that. I mean, like, I mean, is there anybody out there who disagrees that Argo won best picture because Affleck didn't get nominated? Yes. I I think that that's totally the that's reason why. exactly what happened. But, all, but and again, I love Argo. It's, it's great. But, but, but you know, okay. You have to keep in mind the critics choice awards. We were, we critics choice awards, uh, happened like two days after yeah, the, the day the, of. or the day of, and we gave him best picture. So like, the, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. It definitely helped his case, but Argo was already the front runner whenever that happened and then that, his that helped the narrative didn't he say like i'd like to thank the academy or something <laughs> like that yeah. but like it, it's not like it's not like no one was talking about argo and then all of a sudden it was given best picture like it was already winning and then that that narrative helped bring mm. it over the finish line okay so let me ask a quick question um to you guys just quick answer does barbie beat oppenheimer for picture no no, no? No. Okay. Um, does Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse get a Best Picture nomination? Yes. If there's ten, yes. Yes. Oh, I don't see. I don't know. I, I really does. don't know that that like that film does not feel like it's being talked about enough well, in terms of Oscars. Push it yeah, but we have to keep on. It's September. I, I, they have to they have to let it die down a little bit because you know we always talk about. No, they're going to push, yeah. push for animated. They're going to push for animated. But Pixar movies, Pixar movies get nominated for both all the time. I, Elemental's going to get a push. Elemental did did much better than people expected yeah. it to do. I mean, if that makes me really happy. Let's let's think of 10. There's 10 movies, right? So let, based on what we know right now, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer Barbie, Barbie, Maestro, um, Killers of the Flower Moon, Probably Poor, Poor Things, things Killers, Killers. Uh, um, Alexander Payne's film, Holdovers. Yeah, that, that feels like it's in. Hopefully, hopefully past lives. I think Spider-Man. Okay. 
Yeah, but I, I don't. Mean, I don't think Napoleon. I don't think. Yeah, I was. I, I honestly don't see. I don't think Napoleon making. I, I, don't think, I don't think. I don't think the killer. Yeah, color purple. I don't think the killer gets in. The killer doesn't seem like it's making the splash. Right. I mean, I mean, even yet. Keep in mind, it's it's always so dangerous. Like if I'm a studio, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put a movie out. In, in Venice or Toronto, because not only do you have to come out with a freaking bang, you've got to maintain that momentum. Yeah, like you've sure. got to keep going all the way through February. Uh, uh, After um, Toronto last year, Fablemans was sweeping everything. I mean, it was it exactly, and then yeah. but it couldn't. But it, you know, like if I, I, I feel like every year the 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 whole festival system just proves to me like if I'm a studio, I don't put it in the festival. I just. I either release it in the summer and let it make money, or I wait until November and December and just put it out the way I want to put it out. Interesting. I mean, Oppenheimer came out dead dead summer, and then when when was the last example of a film festival really doing anyone any favors? TIFF usually TIFF used to be. I would argue TIFF used to be TIFF one of the strong. greatest indicators. It's a great place to launch like a Silver Linings playbook. Yeah, yeah. Or, the last time I, I remember a movie going to uh, going to TIFF and maintaining the momentum was Slumdog Millionaire. Or Stars. Yeah. yeah. Stars Born. Stars Born. Yeah, they didn't win. But it still uh, had a huge moment. It still had a yeah, huge yeah. run. And, and, and then also, and, and, and with The Star is Born, that was close enough to, because the movie came out in early October. That, mm. If anything, that was just a good excuse to sort of start the, the promotional campaign early. Mm. But for these movies that are premiering at, in Toronto, or like, like uh, Ferrari doesn't hit theaters till Christmas Day. So you put yeah. it out there in Venice, you make this huge big splash, it doesn't really do anything. So you, now you've got to over, it's almost like the whole uh, Indiana Jones premiering at Cannes. Mm. Yeah. You, you've, got, you've got middling reactions for the next three months that you've got to sort of overcome as opposed to if you had just allowed it to gain buzz and because people want to see it. You know what we're forgetting? Sofia Coppola's new movie. Oh, Priscilla. yes. Priscilla. Yeah. And I, and again, from what I've heard, it sounds incredible. I mean, yes. I, I, I saw someone say it was the best movie she's made since uh, uh, Lost in Translation. Oh my um, God. And I, and I, what I'm also really fascinated by is they don't they don't use any Elvis music in the whole film. They couldn't yeah, get the rights. And I, right, what's right, the term right. anachronistic? Is that the terminology that you use for like music that's like written around the real music? I don't know the exact term for it, but it know. sounds fascinating to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, we can't count Sofia Coppola out. Yeah. Guys, I think we're forgetting like we're sleeping on one of the biggest Oscar contenders of the year. Uh oh. Aquaman, the Lost Kingdom, <laughs> sleeper, <laughs> sleeper, shark in the yeah. water. That guy. That's a good point. Very good point. And I, I really, I mean, I'm excited to see what uh, what original song um, Pitbull, Pitbull gives us. Pitbull. <laughs> oh, he's gonna win if he submits. Yeah. He wins. Yeah. All right. Commit so to the pit. It's up to you guys now. Uh, what is your best picture front runner so far this year? Uh, let's make things challenging and take Oppenheimer out of the race. You can put Oppenheimer if you want to, but if if you put Oppenheimer in the comments down below, you have to give me another one as well too, because Oppenheimer seems like the easy answer. Don't listen to Sean. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. You're 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 your own individual person. All right, fair enough. Yes, you don't have to listen to anything I do. Uh, Wasn't that the point of Barbie? Go to the YouTube channel, uh, hit subscribe, like I mentioned, turn on your notifications, and then hit the comments down below and let us know your best picture front runner so far this year. We will be back next week with a, I believe, a roundup of the things that I got to see in Toronto. Uh, and a look ahead to things that are coming in September. In the meantime, follow us on social media at Jake's Takes, at Kevin McCarthy TV, at Sean underscore O'Connell, at Gabe Kovach, and the show is at Real Blend. We'll be back next week. And until then, hey, pay your, your artists. artists.
artists, please. Hey, you artists. God. And the man who moved the earth. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.